brought to you by the Young Players Committee of the Royal Town Planning Institute, London Region. This is Young Players Guide, a podcast created by young players for young players and with young players in mind. This week. So I'm delighted to welcome the current RTPI Young Planner of the Year, Robin Scarrett. Robin, thank you for joining us today. How are you? Thanks, Sean. I'm really well, thank you. I hope you're well too. Looking forward to this podcast, my first ever. Well, it's great to have you on board. I suppose to kick off, it would be useful if you could um, provide an overview of your planning journey to date. And um, where did your career start in planning? So I studied geography originally, human geography, and then uh, did a master's in planning and urban regeneration. And from there, I sort of graduated in the middle of the recession back in sort of 2009-10. So really thinking about options and it was required, so it needed to be a bit creative really. And through that, got lots of different experience which has been really good grounding so I worked in local government for a while um, and then spent a couple of years in planning consultancy and for the last eight years I've been working in central government in the Ministry of Housing Communities and Local Government Cabinet Office and more recently Department for International Development which has recently become the Foreign Commonwealth and Development Office. I mean I actually find your sort of background through your planning journey quite interesting because I think a lot of people listening will finish university and just think well, that's either private sector or public sector, whereas your journey has, you know, these these government roles and now an international oversight as well. Do you sort of find, well, what do you sort of find are the main differences or what sort of attracted you to those roles or how you even get into those roles compared to the standard, you know, private consultancy, local authority routes? It's a really good question. I really like variety. That's one of the reasons kind of I chose to study planning because there, there's no one size fits all model to it. Um, in terms of how I got into it, I think it was basically seeing roles that I found interesting and then uh, going for them. And what I really realised is like planning and planning perspectives are so useful to a whole range of kind of related disciplines. And there's so many really great kind of transferable skills you get from being a planner that actually you can apply and take um, to related kind of professions and that was one of the things I really wanted to kind of champion as my year of young uh, in my year as young planner of the year really sort of showcase how that can work and, and what you can what opportunities there might be out there but you do need to think a little bit outside the box and also I guess just thinking about what your career story is as well so for me some of the things that I always think are kind of anchor are real kind of roles that have real kind of tangibility to them like really like to understand what it is I'm talking about and how that's grounded in real place and um, I think the second thing is all about kind of complexity and balancing kind of competing interests as well that's a big a big theme of the different roles I've done so even though perhaps when you look at them written down you might think oh they're quite distinct and different actually I think there's some real kind of common threads between them and I think planning is a really good hook and between them all as well but you maybe have to kind of look a little bit kind of under the surface to understand how they all relate. I think that's um, a relevant point as well, because there have been a lot of people thinking over the last year about where their careers are and, you know, the enjoyment that they get from them and where they want to be ultimately. So that sort of case of stepping back and thinking about what you're actually interested in, I think is a, is a 
a useful asset to have and a useful activity to do. And I think, yeah, career stories. We've looked into career stories as sort of um, a CPD type session. I think it's great to hear from other planners that have sort of been before. I, as a younger planner, when I was first in my first couple of years, I found it really useful listening to people that had a few more years experience and how they found their first few years in planning and how they sort of came to find their feet a little bit more. So I guess that sort of takes us on to how you got to be Young Planner of the Year and sort of the things that matter to you in your year as Young Planner of the Year. <laughs> when I first uh, was kind of received the award, after I kind of got through the shock, because I was genuinely super surprised, I reached out to previous Young Planners of the Year to really find out about kind of how their year had been what they really enjoyed and and got from it, what they would do differently if they were doing it again, which was actually extremely valuable. And one of the kind of messages that came out of there was choose a couple of priorities and then sort of focus on those because there's a risk that you kind of want to do loads of different things or seize lots of opportunities, but actually maybe don't get the same kind of cut through and impact. So the two things that I really focused on uh, was one about kind of supporting non-linear career paths um, and taking kind of planning and pl- planning perspectives to related disciplines, which we've touched on a little bit already. Um, and something in that, that I found really helpful is, is using kind of coaching and mentoring to, to help me think through what my career journey might be and take that step back. And I think we might come on to that a little bit more. So that was kind of priority one. And priority two was thinking around the role of the sustainable development goals and kind of broader sustainable development thinking in the context of planning. And that's particularly pertinent, I think, at the moment, as we're all, lots of us are talking about kind of sustainable recovery, green inclusive recovery, and, and what does that really mean in practice? And I think the SDGs, uh, sustainable development goals, that were agreed back in 2015, these 17 big goals for the world that we want to see by 2030 that apply to all countries, were agreed by all UN member states and are kind of require all of us to work towards them to get there, are really exciting, really relevant to planning. And I wanted to help um, build those links. And I think uh, the new RTPI president's interest in the SDGs and the new urban agenda and things like that is super exciting. So hopefully... Um, uh, that conversation will continue beyond uh, my year, my time as Young Planner of the Year as well. Yeah, I think actually this year is going to be quite exciting with that new president. Um, just a couple of things from that. Um, I guess it would be useful to hear what you think your lessons would be for the next Young Planner of the Year and whether you think, you know, you'd stick to taking those couple of ideas that you can implement. And then uh, I, I think another thing I'd like to pick up on is how mentoring sort of fits in with Young Planners because I think it goes hand in hand um, with starting your career and obviously moving through your career. I think mentoring is something that could be applicable to everybody no matter what your stage you're at. So I just, yeah, I welcome your thoughts on sort of how you got into it and what benefits that you get from it. On the kind of question about what advice would you give to the next Young Planner of the Year? I think it really is one of those roles that that, that is quite personal and you, you can decide how you want to use it. But I am really excited about it being an opportunity to really champion the voice of young planners. It, no one young planner is the voice of all young planners, and I think that's, that's really important to remember. But actually using this as a platform to shout about young planners and the great stuff that's going on is, is really crucial. So um, I, I, I do quite like thinking about a bit more about how to use a role to, to maximum effect. And I actually had the opportunity a few weeks ago to present at the 
um, RTPI General Assembly meeting all about kind of what I'd taken, my reflections from the year, and also what could be even better if. Um, so I'm excited to see where those conversations go. They're kind of happening at the moment. But but it also, like I say, it is, it is quite a personal thing. But for me, it felt really important to, to reach out to all of the RTPI Young Planners networks or, or talk to as many people as possible and say, how can I be helpful? What what where can we kind of collaborate together? And then when you guys invited me onto the podcast, I was super excited. In terms of your question about mentoring, this is something I am really, really interested in. And I've actually recently completed a kind of course, an Institute of Leadership and Management course, all about coaching and mentoring. So really getting to understand more about the theory and practice. And even though I've just said I've done this course, actually you don't need to be do a course to, to, to be um, benefit from mentoring or do mentoring as well, because there's always going to be somebody who's a step ahead or two steps ahead of you in your kind of career journey. But why I found mentoring really important is that it gives you a chance to kind of get different perspectives and different insights um that for me is really helpful particularly if you're moving into kind of other disciplines or related disciplines that you might not know a lot about actually having that opportunity to explore them with people who've been in their those sectors a while um is incredibly useful um and gives you a better understanding about what it's all about and um, so for me that 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 different perspectives and insights is key I think also being able to have time to step back from your day job we're, we're all busy doing stuff um but there's quite a lot of time you don't actually have that chance to really step back and think about what is it really matters to me why did I get into this sort of profession in the first place and how can I really think about what the right step is for me next in my kind of career journey and having that time to have that sort of strategic kind of step back um mentoring allows that and I think the third thing I'd say is it's really flexible as well um, a lot of the mentors that I've kind of worked with aren't kind of people I've met with monthly, every month, but actually having people that I can check in with at key key moments in my life has been really, really helpful. So I would say that flexibility for me and adaptability has been really helpful. So yeah, sustained mentoring relationships are really great, but actually having some of those people that you can kind of check back in with at key points when you're um, at crossroads, perhaps, is also really valuable as well. So having that kind of flexibility is absolutely um, something that, that is extremely, well, I found really beneficial as well. Psst. Hey, it's the podcast editor, Cleo here. Do you know that our parent organisation, the Royal Town Planning Institute of London Region, just started their own podcast too? Their podcast is called London Calling. Their first episode is about the future London planner. Is the planning industry diverse enough? Are planners actively looking at ways to diversify skills? Is there currently job security in the industry? Plus much more. Hosted by the chair of RTPI London, Tom Venable. So go check them out on your favourite podcast platform by searching RTPI London Calling. Now back to the show. As a young planner, um, what would you sort of give advice in terms of a young planner out there looking for a suitable mentor? Um, what would you look for in a in a potential mentor? It depends what you want to get from that mentoring relationship. Um, 
I think trying to be get as clear as you can be on what it is you want to, to get from kind of having a mentoring relationship is really helpful. But there are times when you're just like, I'm not quite sure what it is I want to do. And, and you need somebody to work with to take that strategic step back. But just being clear on what it is you're hoping to achieve from that, I think, makes it a much more productive um, relationship. Um, I think the other thing to say is, like, don't be afraid to ask. Um, do people generally are quite interested and happy to talk about their their careers um so actually if you know somebody that you've met or you've seen online or speak at an event that you think could be a really interesting person to kind of have a um virtual coffee with probably in, <laughs> right now but but feel like drop them a message like the worst they can say is not reply or say no and you haven't really lost anything but the few minutes it takes to write that message so I think if there are people that kind of capture your imagination that, that then reach out to them as well and then I think as well just really think about what kind of from the conversation what you're going to do from it and, and try and keep it quite action orientated as well because you can have really great conversations but actually it's the action that happens after those that are really going to drive forward um uh kind of change and results so um and i think mentoring can be a really kind of good accountability mechanism as well so i think committing to some really kind of clear actions uh, even if they're really small but every small action that like, adds up over time to, to something bigger so those are a few thoughts for me um but yeah mainly just uh reach out to people you, you want to, to kind of talk to i think that that would be key and then i think as well the final thing i would say is um kind of pay it forward like i've always remembered early on in my career i had some brilliant kind of people that that kind of supported me and um, gave me some really good advice and i thought when I think back, I'm like, how can I actually kind of repay them for that, that that kind of insight and time? And I've always thought, actually, for me, really important to kind of pay it forward and, and be able to kind of um, uh, mentor others as well. So, and like I said, there's always probably somebody. So if you're a student now, there'll probably be people doing their kind of GCSEs and A-levels, thinking about opportunities. If you're recently graduated, think about what it was like when you were a student and you were like, where do I start in terms of trying to find a planning job? So there, there is always somebody else in that kind of career journey that's a, a step behind where you are and, and, and your expertise will be really valuable to them. So yeah, that paying it forward principle, I, I think I, I try and keep in mind as well. No, that's really um, great, solid advice there. And I think more than ever as well, working remotely and it's quite easily to get isolated, isn't it? Especially as a young planner, potentially, and a junior colleague. So getting a mentor, someone to speak to about anything, really, but particularly work goals. And if you're wanting to progress potentially in your career, um, it's potentially more difficult at the moment um working from home so I think it's really important to sort of engage with someone that can help you I suppose achieve your goals and um, move forward and have that voice to speak to so I suppose we um touched upon um about your planning journey and um your experience of working in private public and central government and i think young planners as a whole we quite often meet fellow young planners in the private sector and in the public sector but not often do we know any sort of peers that are in central government um and i think it'd be really sort of useful to have an insight of your um experience in central government yeah, especially because this sort of feeds into your assisting with highlighting those non-linear 
assumed roles that we all follow. I was thinking back as I was preparing for this about kind of why I made the change. And one of the reasons was that I really wanted to understand some of the nuts and bolts about the planning system, like the legislation that underpins it, why it is we do the things we do. Um, So for me, getting that exposure of working in, in central government where some of the kind of strategic national policy and the legislation that underpins the planning system is made uh, was a really natural fit and it really helped me to to really understand the kind of core principles of planning um from being there but it is it is quite a different sort of vantage point as well it's um you're operating at a much more kind of macro level so it definitely has a, a different perspective on things and and actually what i really enjoyed is being able to have a variety of experience that's both kind of the national government experience but also thinking about what i enjoyed from working in local government and uh, consultancy as well which is perhaps for, at least from the kind of roles i did a bit more kind of hands-on on the ground but getting to really understand the kind of fundamentals of the planning system would be really was really helpful and then i think for me the other thing about what i've really enjoyed about working in central government is is the variety of opportunities there and i think 10 years ago if i said when i was finishing my master's off um describe kind of roles I've done I would have probably thought that that's not possible but for me that's has been possible through the variety of opportunities that I've had from working in central government but it has been as a result of me like looking at jobs and thinking about actually what are the transferable skills that I've got and how can I um sort of put them forward in the application what story can I tell and what what is the kind of I guess my um I'm not sure I like the term personal brand, but what's your career story? So when you're going for those job interviews, how can you make sure your experience feels really relevant and really tangible? Um, so that for me, why again, why mentoring, but also just having that chance to step back and, and think about my transferable skills has been really helpful. Um, and the more variety of roles I've done, the more I've sort of realised the benefit, like I say, planning perspectives, a whole bunch of different um related disciplines and the the benefit of thinking spatially about issues and that for me has been kind of incredibly useful um in lots of the roles that I've done so I definitely for me central government's been a really really interesting place to work really good range of opportunities and yeah like particularly early on it really helped me to, to kind of understand more about the kind of core fundamentals of the planning system was it then was it quite a natural sort of route from being in central government towards having that international oversight which you I assume you have more now in your current role was that something that you'd always imagined that that was what you were going to be working towards or did that sort of come about from enjoying your work in central government and having those sort of international flair as well I think for me I found a role that was a bridging role that had domestic and international elements and for me that was really helped with me to kind of make that transition um so my role looked at sustainable development from both a domestic and an international perspective so for me that that kind of helped me with kind of because there was so much to learn about kind of the international dimension so I'm still very much learning um but having a role that bridged the two was 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 really beneficial but there are other opportunities as well to kind of get more international experience I joined the RTPI international committee last year and that was actually a really good way of learning more about the international opportunities in in planning more broadly they're they're bringing forward an RTPI international strategy this year and so actually I think there's there's some really interesting opportunities to, to get more um 
kind of experience on um kind of if you're interested in international work and I did had this amazing opportunity that I applied for completely unrelated to work but through something called Unleash which is like a sustainable development goal accelerator so it's um and it was a program they were looking at a whole bunch of different SDGs but the track that I got a place on was all around SDG 11 which was sustainable cities and communities and basically they bring people together from all around the world to kind of explore um issues uh related to that SDG think about a kind of specific problem and then work together um, and innovate to find solutions and that was such a cool opportunity it was, it was not related to work at all but it was about just doing um yeah some some like research online and finding about this great project and that was brilliant and it really helped me to build my international network with people that I wouldn't probably have otherwise had a chance to kind of interact with and they've been a really I still like there's still opportunities to kind of collaborate with them now and and I'm sort of part of the Unleash alumni program and and they've recently pivoted all of their kind of activities from in person into kind of virtual and online which actually I think means there's kind of lots more opportunities to kind of get involved even if you're not able to kind of travel at the moment so yeah there's definitely kind of opportunities through work but also kind of outside of work as well and if you, if you are interested in moving more into the international space um I think sort of reaching out and finding out about other opportunities as well um I try and post about them on LinkedIn when I can spot them as well there's other things um the that that are happening in the particularly in the SDG 11 so sustainable cities and community space where they're looking for young people's involvement so um be really keen to sort of see more young planners get involved and bring sort of planning perspectives to those opportunities as well and maybe we could include some links uh when we send out the podcast for for people who might be interested in and signing up for mailing lists and things like that because yeah there's some really great stuff out there but you have to know about them and some of this stuff I've only found out kind of by chance so um yeah I'd love to share it with others if that's of interest yeah no yeah by all means we're happy to share um I think you're right in thinking about you know what can you do outside of work as well especially if you want to try and sort of strengthen those links with your interest in international or anything and especially given the 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 times that we're currently living through where everything is virtual maybe as a as a positive spin on that you can just link into these things much more easier when you maybe wouldn't have been able to before The COVID-19 pandemic has created profound implications on how we travel in major cities such as London. While there have been moves towards encouraging active travel, this has been controversial as an increasing number of people seeks to drive. On Friday 19th of March 2021 at 12.30pm, RTPI London will be hosting a webinar to compare notes with colleagues in other global cities to share best practice and ideas in response. Get your webinar ticket now at rtpi.org.uk. This webinar is brought to you by RTPI London as part of the RTPI online event series. Terms and conditions apply. You know, we're all here as planners as part of the RTPI and all of those are volunteer roles. So I think it's also important to sort of think about what you can do outside of work and you know it also relates to the whole mentoring pay it forward thing I know I volunteer for the RTPI uh, certainly one of my reasons for doing it is to sort of 
keep forwarding the progression and passing it forward in that respect. So, um, yeah, just sort of thinking about the the power of volunteering, really, and what you've got from it, because I know that you are, you've had multiple roles and you obviously uh, promote quite heavily, and, and rightly so. So, um, yeah, I guess it's just what benefits do you think would come for young planners and the, and the encouragement to get them involved beyond their day-to-day, because it's a classic that we just don't have time outside our day, but you can definitely find it, <laughs> especially if there's something that you're interested in. There will be something for your, something for you somewhere. Well, I guess there's a, a personal and a kind of professional element to this, but I think the main thing is, for, for me, I find it really fun. Um, like it's a chance to interact with with other people that you wouldn't necessarily work with in your day job and you get to think about issues that you care about I think for for a lot of us planning is is a job but it's also a kind of vocation we all have our own individual reasons why we got into planning why we care about place for me I grew up in Stoke-on-Trent a city that suffered really um, post-industrial decline and, and really kind of challenge to find its new identity and for me that was the reason I kind of got into planning so we all have a lots of us have reasons why we get into planning that isn't just because it's a job it's more than that often so um for me doing stuff outside of work volunteering and things is fun um I think the second thing is like getting new perspectives as well we we all have day jobs that look at certain elements certain dimensions but having some space away from the day job actually can be really beneficial it can give you that kind of um, chance to kind of reflect think think differently about issues um and, and gain new perspectives i think the other things are like skills you can take your skills and, and apply them in different contexts and strengthen and enhance them but you can also learn new skills as well which i think is really really cool and um, um and can be really helpful if you're it's also a chance i guess if you are thinking about maybe making a career move and you're not entirely sure what what it is you want to do you can kind of experiment a little bit as well um so finding organizations that you're you're interested in i've done a whole bunch of different volunteering i've done some really cool things with the the rtpi but um i'm also a school governor um uh, and that that for me has been really interesting to see kind of the challenges of basically running uh, what what's a business it's a big school multiple sites um, significant budgets so understanding more about 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 kind of running a school but but more generally for me the school governor thing is I am really interested in young people and education and the power of education so for me having that link into to, to, to being a school governor gives me that dimension as well and then I, I've done a bunch of other kind of volunteering as well mainly sort of related to major major events I wrote a mass when I was doing my master's one of the projects that we or one of the modules was all about like the, re, the kind of planning and mega projects um, and I've ended up volunteering at the London Olympics and the Rio Olympics and a few other kind of major events so I think it's that that master's module that where we ended up going to Barcelona to look at the Olympic regeneration in Barcelona that stemmed this interesting major events volunteering as well um, so from, I'm holding out for my Tokyo volunteering place but I don't know if that's <laughs> going to happen because of uh, COVID-19 but um, yeah there, there's been such a sort of broad range of volunteer opportunities but I roughly categorise it into a few buckets there's kind of young people and um social mobility and that kind of thing second bugger kind of around planning and planning related opportunities through the rtpi but more broadly as well and then third one which is um uh, major sporting and other events but i like to say it's linked to my master's project i'm sure 
Well, that's honestly incredible. And I, I just think honest, it's experience that you wouldn't get unless you volunteer for it. So I think your point about, you know, just reach out and make that call, drop that, drop that comment on LinkedIn, drop a message to somebody, it, I think is invaluable advice and definitely is something that I think young planners or people starting out in their, at the beginning of their career could definitely take from. Just, just ask the question. Just ask it. Yeah. <laughs> What's the worst that can happen? <laughs> no reply. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, completely. And as particularly as Beth was sort of alluding to then as well, when you're at the early stages of your career and you're looking to build your CV as well, um, volunteering, that's key experience that you can get quite easily. Um, and as you sort of allude to there, like it can be a whole range of things and there's always transferable skills there that can relate directly to your planning job or your potential future planning job. Um, and um, yeah, really, really good advice there again and good experience, I think, um, for life. Two other quick thoughts, actually. One is that some organisations and employers do like volunteering days. So it's definitely kind of worth asking whether your employer, if you're in work, does something like that. Um, but the second thing as well is like micro volunteering opportunities. It doesn't necessarily need to be a huge sustained commitment, which might not be possible to do kind of outside of work. Um, and the um, Mayor of London um, do something called Team London, which has lots of volunteer opportunities online, both kind of short term but also long term so that's a website i've kind of signed up for alerts and things to team london to sign to get notifications so if you are in london listening to the podcast i definitely recommend that as, as a source of kind of yeah volunteer opportunities both kind of short term and long term yeah we'll um add those into the footnotes as well of the i feel like you're getting a long list of different <laughs> links now apologies the more the better more the better and that mayor of london point that goes quite smoothly onto our next sort of closing remark question that we ask all of our guests so um at the end of each episode we ask um our guests if they were mayor of London for the day, what would they do and why? Um, and I wondered if you had any thoughts on that. This is such a good question and, and generated lots of conversation um, when I was thinking about what I might say for this. Um, so I was trying to find a way of linking all of the different themes that I've spoken about together. Um, and I'm not sure how feasible it is, but the idea I came up with uh, was a kind of a young person citizen assembly all about planning and the sustainable development goals. So thinking about 2030, um, how do we get there and thinking about the role of young people and, and supporting that journey and also thinking kind of a bit outside the box as well. So I would be really up for setting up a kind of young person citizen assembly was thinking about planning, planning's role and helping to deliver the SDGs and the, the city that we want to live in and putting recommendations to the mayor. So how they do it all in, in one day is a bit of a challenge, but maybe they could set up an advance and then the recommendations come forward on the day I get to be mayor. Uh, <laughs> so a bit of a cheat answer, but I just thought that was a nice way of linking all of the different elements. So like I say, I think um, young people's role in planning is really exciting. It's, uh, it's important, going to be vitally important um, to make sure we do get to the SDGs by 2030. So I thought that could be one interesting way of doing it. And it's all about participatory planning, stakeholder engagement and, and things like that as well. So hopefully uh, ticks, a, ticks a few boxes of, sort of some of the issues we've spoken about today. Well, uh, hopefully Sadiq will be listening into that one. 
but yeah, no, it, it is um especially as you sort of saying moving on to 2030 and then in light of the new London plan that's soon to be adopted and the increasing sort of carbon um targets and carbon neutral that's also a sort of emerging theme and um increasing pressure to sort of have efficient and energy efficiency and schemes and um I think it is sort of really important that that that's coming more to the forefront of the agenda in planning and increasingly we see in our projects daily um having to engage with sustainability on a daily um daily basis so no it is um it's a really exciting time actually yeah Definitely. And especially as we're coming up to that 2030 countdown, I'm just looking and I'm like, oh, that, that's going to come up quickly, isn't it? <laughs> well, it's called the decade of action that we're in now. So 10 years left to achieve the SDGs. So, um, yeah, um, but Shani point, uh, I think it's really pertinent. I think it's the challenge is not just for new buildings, but also existing building stock as well. And I think what is planners' role in helping um, existing building stock help us to meet our kind of net zero commitments as well is going to be a really interesting conversation. Challenging, but also going to be really important to help us get to, to our kind of climate ambitions, but also to help us reach the SDGs as well. Yeah, definitely. It will definitely be one to watch in the next nine years with how we get there. Just less than a decade now. But I, I like the idea of a decade of change. And that's definitely when you think about yourself in the first few years of your career and then you think in a decade, you know, it sort of goes fast and not very fast all at the same time. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us on this episode of the podcast. It's been absolutely great and I'm sure we could have made separate episodes about various things that you've brought to the table. In this, It's been honestly great to talk to you and thank you for taking the time. And thank you for everyone for joining us. You can find Robin on LinkedIn and you can also follow us on Twitter at RTPI underscore London or just search Young Planners London and RTPI London on LinkedIn. Use the hashtag YP London Guide to follow our conversation and see you next time.